Welcome to Everyday Sublime. This is the podcast that sheds light on a full spectrum spirituality. I'm your host, Josh Summers, and I'm really glad you're here today. Okay, before I give you today's Dharma talk on wise effort, I want to go over a little bit of housekeeping. And the first issue of housekeeping is that the podcast is going to take a break. It's going to take a winter break. Um, I have this episode and then one more interview with the Swiss monk Vanya Palmers that I'll be releasing next week. And then I'll be taking a break until about mid-January. And that break is going to give me a time, a chance to uh, do a self-retreat. It's going to give me a chance to move into a house I'm in the middle of uh, acquiring in rural Maine. Uh, It's going to be a big move for me. I haven't really talked about it. I'll probably say more about it as I get into the house and into the new year, but I'm leaving Boston, relocating, and I'm very much looking forward to that transition. And I hope, uh, as I've been sharing with some of you, I hope the conditions there will be uh, protective from the, <clears throat> the kind of the sounds of leaf blowers and, and um, footsteps overhead, which make uh, podcasting in an urban apartment quite challenging. Um, so anyway, some good things to come on my, from my end in the new year, and I look forward to, to bringing that to you. Today's talk, um, called Tuning the Lute, is uh, a way of reflecting on the dynamic of wise effort in our meditation practice, um, and you can apply that to your yin yoga practice as well. Um, and really in this talk, I'm trying to look at both how to really a way to combine yin and yang energies that is yin receptivity yang directiveness to bring both of these aspects of one's being and mind and heart to the development of a meditative path and to uh to really to dance with these energies in a process of balancing um so Wise effort is one that, uh, as you continue to practice, is one to really investigate and to consciously make explicit from time to time so that we make sure that we are, as Joseph Goldstein might say, we're not practicing with a mindset of in order to, where, as I talk about in the talk, you can, you can practice in a way where we're, we're do, trying to do something now in order to have a certain expectation met and how that in order to mind can can work either unconsciously or in the background of our mind and, and really kind of fester with a sense of unsatisfactoriness or incompletion or or simply that we're just missing something, that we're not we're not grokking what the whole thing's about. So with that said, I hope you enjoy today's talk on wise effort. And the talk is called Tuning the Lute. As a consolidating, clarifying talk, um, one of the themes I'll be getting into is the the theme of wise effort in practice. Um, But before talking about effort, I want to try to set the stage again for what we're up to and talking about what we've been doing in terms of what we're we're getting up to. Um, There are different ways of describing 
the goal, the heart, the aspiration of what practice is about. Um, but one way of referring to it is to say that we're developing ways of seeing and knowing ourselves and our experience. We're coming to, to greater or more sharper, clearer, kinder ways of seeing ourselves and our experience and, and understanding our, ourselves and our experience. Um, and as we meditate, there's I've been working and, and sharing with you, we've been working through different ways of connecting to our experience. And what I want to try to do tonight is put those different ways on a map. Um, and this is a little bit uh, contrived in a sense that it's, a, it, you know, the organization of what I'm about to share will be a little bit arbitrary. But um, take it with a grain of salt and then see how it lands or how it maps into your own experience. But in terms of introducing the meditative journey or in terms of introducing a spiritual journey to someone, I can, I've identified now over working with this, this material for several years, I've identified certain thresholds of competency or thresholds of skillfulness or skill acquisition or capacity that develop over a contemplative journey or develop over a contemplative life. And, um, and I want to speak to sort of the first two levels or the first two stages of those contemplative capacities tonight and, 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 and reference them in relationship to the exercises and the techniques or the approaches that we've been exploring. At the basic level of practice, like dealing with brand newbie beginners. I know many of you have been practicing for a while, but with dealing with brand new beginners, I think the 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 out of the gate primary first capacity or skill that gets developed in meditation is simply the ability to be with oneself as you are for a, for a designated period of time, which is kind of sounds um. Uh, a little bit obvious or maybe not, not that significant, but it, it really is a big skill. If you think about all the ways that we uh, resist and fight and, and avoid being with ourselves as we are, whether it's te technology, reading, news consumption, food consumption, any kind of substance consumption, all these different ways that we kind of avoid uh, the, the isness or the actuality of what we are to be like. So, the first capacity or the first skill of a meditative journey is just, can we develop the, uh, a, a kind, gentle uh, skill to be with ourselves as we are? And that's where I, I've emphasized what, I'm, what I tend to refer to as yin meditation for that capacity. So yin meditation doesn't, uh, doesn't have preferences for what's going on. We, I call it yin meditation because it leads, the style of yin meditation or that approach to meditation begins with uh, uh, intending to bring receptivity, a relaxed receptivity to whatever is going on, whether it's the wandering mind, the drifting mind, or the waking up state, or awareness of body, breath, thoughts, feelings, sounds, whatever is going on. We're, we're, we're intoning the intention to be receptive. And as I kind of joke, sometimes I say, it's like we're developing the ability to be groovy with drifting off and waking up or whatever goes on in, in our practice. Can we be groovy with all of that? Um, and the reason I, I really emphasize that in the beginning, 
but just being gentle to whatever goes on when we're sitting and having skills to play your edge with that material. But the reason I emphasize that is because in my own practice and then in trying to share practice with people for almost 15 plus years now, I consistently over and over and over again encounter people who uh, unnecessarily judge their practice. They unnecessarily create tension between what it, what's going on and what they think should be going on. So there's often this, this schism between the perceived idea of what should be happening and what their actual experience is, and then they're fighting to try to get it right. And so that often builds in this uh, really unfortunate tension, resistance, struggle, sense of um, defeat. And um, to, to, to correct for that, and this really, this yin approach really is a kind of uh, a corrective strategy for practicing with too much tension, too much effort, too much striving. So I, I try to say, just emphasize at the beginning, this gentle receptivity to what is both the drifting off and the waking up. And, you know, you can sort of set your own uh, benchmark for what would qualify as a development of that capacity. But let me just be very general here and say, if you can do that, let's say sit with yourself as you are in a meditative experience for maybe 30 minutes for every day for a month, you know, and, and within that, the general feeling is that things are groovy. You know, there's not that feeling like, oh, I'm a really bad meditator because my mind wandered once or twice or whatever it is. Like, if you're okay with what goes on within your experience as you sit with the intention to be with yourself for 30 minutes, uh, roughly every day for a month, to, in my eyes, that's, that's, that's a signifier that this skill, and it is a skill of just being with yourself as you are, is is emerging or developing or getting cultivated. And at that point, then it, 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 it unfolds that you can then start to add in other forms of practice to begin, become more precise, to become sharper, to become clearer about what goes on in your experience when you're actually present, meaning you're in the wakeful state, you're not drifting off anymore. So if you think of the Tai Chi symbol, how the, the, the yin squiggle uh, morphs and develops into the yang squiggle, which develops and morphs into the yin squiggle, around and around they go. Um, if we begin with yin meditation, eventually it will take us into what are what I'm classifying as more yang styles of meditation, where there's more something more specific to do, there's something more generative being done, there's a stronger intentionality within the practice, um, or more specific intentionality around what we're, how we're relating to and how we're seeing and taking note of what's going on. So as we merge and shift into a yang approach or add in or layer in a yang approach to meditation from the yin approach, we start with receptivity. And then once we're really established with a groovy okayness with drifting and waking, then we can start to add in or layer in uh, some other aspects of what I would refer to as yang meditation. And the skill, if we, if we say the skill of yin meditation is to be tolerant and okay with yourself as you are, the skill of yang meditation, as I'm generally defining it, is simply to begin to start accessing present moment awareness. 
I'm not saying you're stabilized in it. I'm not saying you're fixed in it within present moment awareness. I'm saying just for periods of time in your practice, you're noticing what it's like when your mind naturally toggles into a mode of being aware and awake that you're in the present moment. And the present moment, which which is, which is composed of all your sensory and um, psychoemotional experiences that are occurring in real time. So sounds, sensations, thoughts, feelings, as you're aware of them in real time, that is ten that tends to be what uh, qualifies you of being in the present moment. When you get lost in the future in the past, that tends to be uh, interpreted as, as disqualifiers from being in the present moment. My, my sense is to, to sort of bring these together is that when you're thinking about the future or past, you're still in the now. So the now or this moment, this now composed is, is often made up of sensory experiences as well as uh, future and past occurrences or future and past thoughts. Um, so yin meditation allows everything in the now to be. Yang meditation, where we start to access the present moment, starts to take note of what it's like when we're in the subset of the now, of presence to what's occurring in real time, i.e. not lost in the future or past. So I say at beginning to access it because um, it, it, it probably won't last very long. And that's what I've been saying in previous talks, that you will feel yourself come to a sense of presence where you know you're here, you're, you're aware to the fact that you're here. You'll touch into it for a little while, but the habit energy, the momentum of the unconscious, the momentum of your, of your normal state of being, the habit energy will, will drift you off that presence into something to do with the past or future, inevitably. So you go into the drifting state, and then something brings you back. So your, your meditation at, at this phase will be a sort of a cycle going into drifting states, waking up, coming back to drifting states, waking up again, being present, drifting off into future or past, waking up again. And when I say that yang meditation has the intention of cultivating the capacity to access present moment awareness, the key part of that is that you're accessing it naturally. You're accessing it spontaneously. You're accessing present momentness gently without Herculean force, without uh, gritted jaw and clenched fist energy. You're just coming to it gently. And the point there is, the reason why that's so important is that if you, if you s strive to be in the present too much, that will tighten yourself up. And I'll, I'll speak to that more when we look at uh, wise effort in a moment. So if at any point in your practice tonight, for example, if you have, say, a handful of times, and I'm, that's, a, that's a low ball number, but if you have a handful of times when you're aware that you're, you just spontaneously be, you're lighted to be, in fact, that you're remembering that you're here, you know that you're here now, and you're aware of your body and sensing what's going on in your mind and hearing some sounds, if when that occurs spontaneously, if you're aware of it a few times, like a handful of times, that is what I mean by yang meditation, allowing you to start to access present momentness without tension or strife. Okay, so hopefully that 
is a sort of slightly different way of talking about some of the themes we've already been playing with. So two broad styles, two broad approaches that, that, that feed into each other. The yin receptivity, being tolerant and groovy with everything that goes on. That's his first gear, you could say. That's the first gear of our practice. And the second gear is once we're really groovy, once we feel loose and soft and gentle and easeful with what goes on, then we can then become a little bit more interested in what is it like when we're actually present. And last few weeks, um, I've introduced the idea of you know the, yourself, the meditator, as a bird, that when you land on a perch or when you wake up in mid-flight, i.e. in drifting mode, when you wake up to that, you can take note and be aware of what your present moment circumstances are like. So, for example, if you wake up in, in, in mid-thought, it's the analogous to the bird becoming conscious that it's in the air flying. The bird can orient itself uh, to what's going on with a few flaps. It can redirect itself with a few flaps of its wings. And I sort of loosely suggested that when we when we flap our wings in meditation, it's like taking note of, say, the body, the domain of what's happening in your body for a little bit, taking note of what's going on in your mind, checking out with your mind with 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 clear intention to do go through these 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 layers of your experience to take to register what is actually occurring. So I did, I did suggest, and this was just an exercise, but I suggested that from time to time when you wake up to uh, thinking, you can take note of what's going on in your body for a little bit, take note of what's going on in your mind and, and your, in your mental space, then also check in and take note of what's going on with your environment as just the three big domains of experience that we encounter when we're, when we're practicing. Um, now, tonight, I kind of want to just um, layer in a little bit more to that suggestion or to that young suggestion. So this is all for what, for what you can do when you are aware that you're awake. So in any phase of your meditation, when you're aware that you're awake, you really have two options. You can relate to your experience in more of a yin way where you're receptive to what's unfolding moment by moment. And I would suggest in a yin way, the key feature there is that you're more silent. There's a silent, quiet observation of what's unfolding moment to moment. So it's an alert listening without adding commentation, without adding editorialization, just silently noticing and tracking what's occurring in real time. Some people take to, take to that approach of just quietly listening to their experiences that unfold. Some people take to that and whatever reason, for whatever reason, due to their personality or their temperament, that approach can work really well. So I want to mention that. But then there are other people that if they're too silent, uh, they kind of, they feel like they, they don't have a clear sense. There isn't that clarity around what's, un what's unfolding or what's occurring. So for some people, a labeling technique which is sometimes known as mental noting. And this is the, the practice that is often emphasized in one of the main camps of Burmese uh, Vipassana or Burmese mindfulness practice. The noting practice is where you would just lightly, softly, and silently make a mental note or tag of what's happening in real time. And it's generally suggested when you engage with a noting practice to note or make a note of what's occurring 
roughly once every second or two or three, depending on what rhythm feels like a, a good pacing for you. So, you know, if I were to, the, the listeners who only who don't see me uh, on the screen here, but if you're just listening either, either from the recording or the podcast, um, you won't get this bit. But when you're sitting silently, you know, you can be, Your, your attention sort of scans the, the screens of your experience, just silently registering what's going on. If we added the labeling to it, it might sound something like this internally. Now, you won't externally make the, these, 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 uh, these noises, but if you were to do it internally and silently, it might sound like this. Hearing, seeing, tingling, pressure, breathing, seeing, Itching, dryness, seeing. So the, the 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 tag or the mental note is just designed. Or it's a tool to connect your knowing mind or the awareness to real time events in a very light, gentle way. So I want to offer those as two modes, and you can see this. Like these, this is the yin and yang within the yang phase of practice. This is the yin within yang and the yang within yang. So, in the, and I, I say yang is the phase of practice broadly when you're awake. When you're drifting, that's more of the yin phase. And we've, already, and we, you know, we've been talking in previous weeks about how we can get to know what's going on in the yin phase, not so much while it's occurring because we're not there to know that it's that it's actually happening. We can reflect back at the end of the sitting with journaling and 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 recollection and memory to try to get into the dynamics, the experiences, the occurrences that went on when we were drifting. But tonight, I'm speaking mostly about what's happening in the yang phase, the phase of practices, the modes of practice when we are awake and alert to the fact that we're practicing. So when we are starting to access and establish ourselves in present momentness, you have these two options. You can be awake to real-time occurrences in a yin way with the yin emphasis of being silent and receptive, or you can use the tool of more of a yang tool of mental noting of what your current, what your experience is just moment to moment. And one is not better than the other. They're just both skillful tools to help you connect and see what's occurring. And, and, you know, and the downstream effect of that is when you really start to see very clearly in a sustained way over time of what's going on in the present moment, then deeper insights, which we'll explore and I'll reflect on in, in subsequent talks, these deeper insights start to just sort of pop up on their own, like, like popcorn when the Conditions are right when there's enough heat, there's right enough oil, popcorn just will pop. And it's the same way with the insights in the mind. When we're present and we're continuously present and seeing and noting and tracking real-time occurrences, there's, there's certain kinds of insights about our nature, the nature of experience that just kind of pop awake or pop into our mind. So the silent observation yin approach or yin emphasis within the yang phase of being awake or the yang uh, approach of noting within the yang phase of being awake. Both are possible. Now, the two times you will do this in your practice are at two occurrences, one where you land on your perch. So we've talked in previous weeks how sometimes you'll come back to your perch by choice. 
So the perch, again, if you're new, is just a, any neutral experience that you let your attention rest to from time to time. And you can come to your back to your perch whenever you'd like. But a lot of times, and if you're like me, you start to find that you, you may just find yourself landing on the perch spontaneously. And tonight, my encouragement is just to check out what that's like. So when the mind has a spontaneous settling on the perch, you can silently be aware of it. Just check out what that what it's like, what your quality of presence and experience in the present moment is like. Or you could lightly note it. And the noting could be something very simple, like say you're feeling your hands on your lap. You could simply note touching, touching, touching. And just make that note for as long as your attention is resting within that experience. I'm trying to keep it very simple. So there's the perch of wakeful presence that you'll experience. And then there's the, the occasions when your mind is, has departed from the perch. Usually in the departing from the perch, there'll be times when, um, and then at least for a while, you won't really see yourself depart from the perch. The mind does that in a drifting mode. So you, you drift off into the past or future or alternative reality. And then within that, something triggers you to become awake again. And so you, then you're in the air and awake. Now, at that point, you could either silently glide like a, a glider plane and just soar and look around and, and, and connect and, 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 and track your experience silently. Or you could make use of the mental noting at that point. You can go back and forth. You could might maybe note like, oh, there's a sensation there. I'm thinking there's a thought there. The thinking, feeling, itching, pressure, hearing, looking, seeing. Just make a soft tag of what's occurring in real time. So essentially what I'm encouraging you all to work with and where I've been trying to uh, come to it through different angles is this exploration in your own practice of what it means to have wise energy or wise effort um, support and sustain your attention. And, you know, broadly speaking, we could say the yin emphasis of wise effort is all about relaxing and being receptive. The yang side of effort is all about directing one's intention and generating a particular kind of presence or generating a particular kind of clarity. But it can be really good to reflect on what you feel your energy and effort are like when you're practicing. It's, it's good to check in with us from time to time. And um, I found a, a, a really nice uh, passage from uh, Joseph Goldstein in his book on mindfulness in regards to this theme. He said, um, effort becomes unskillful when there's some idea of gain and a mind full of expectations. Effort becomes unskillful when there's some idea of gain and a mind full of expectations, rather than an openness and receptivity to what is already here. He goes on to say, if there's a strong agenda, what he calls the in order to, the quote, in order to mind, which is, as he defines it, he says, that's being aware in order for something in particular to happen. 
or if we're holding on to the object, meaning the breath or the sensation in the body, we're holding on to the object too tightly, afraid that we'll lose it. Then we need to open and relax the mind, softening the quality of our effort. So he is speaking about uh, the young phase of meditation, the young approach to meditation over what we do when we are present. He doesn't really address the drifting off phase. But when we are present, we want to really be aware whether if there's some sort of agenda lurking in our mind of, I will be aware now in order to something else, in order for something else to occur, in order for me to get to a different state. And that in order to mind is another way of uh, expressing, um, you know, the three forms of tana that I introduced a couple of weeks back or the desire for some sensual pleasure or the desire to become somebody, the desire to get rid of something. That's, that's how the in order to mind can often manifest itself when there's, there's a, sort of an unspoken agenda at play. Now, to, to kind of help distill a sense of wise effort for you before we transition now into a practice, um, there are two, two lovely metaphors that I've, I've, I feel like I always benefit from hearing. And, and my guess is you've heard at least one of these, if not both of them, um, in the course of your practice, if you've, if you've been practicing for a while. But it does, it, I think it, it's worth hearing these again. And the first metaphor is, is from the Buddha's own mouth where he defined or described wise effort as uh, the effort a skilled musician uses to bring their lute or their guitar into tune, to to have the the instrument well-tuned to the, the piece of music or to the other musicians. And with a lute or guitar, the strings can either be too loose, and if, the, if, the, if the, there's, a, there's a laxity in the string, that will cause the pitch to dip and become flat. And if the string is taut, wound too tightly, that will cause the pitch of the, of the string to be sharp, be elevated too much. It won't be in tune to standard tuning or to the other instruments. So in, in this metaphor, the Buddha would say that a skilled lute player or skilled guitarist is able to make in the in the in the song adjustments if if they hear something um, going flat or sharp so there's an idea of you could the skilled lute player could tighten things up a little bit if need be or loosen and soften things up if need be and so in our practice that's really what i'm encouraging you to play with tonight that sort of loosening tightening loosening tightening the tightening will be a little bit with the yang noting that tends to bring a little bring a little more sharpness to the experience. And if you find you're getting tight and you're, and you're practicing like thinking, hearing, looking, seeing, breathing, noting, what is this for doubting, doubting, doubting? If you have that kind of like really militant style of noting, then that, that suggests to me that there's too much striving or too much forcefulness going on. And it would be best if you laid back a little bit, loosened up and shifted more into a silent awareness of what's going on. Um, so tightening up, loosening up. Another metaphor um, that I, I actually love, it's my favorite one, is uh, from another teacher from the same meditation center named Winnie, Winnie Nazarko. And she's a, a wonderful teacher out of the Insight Meditation Society. Um, but she, in a small group I was in with her once, described wise effort and wise mindfulness 
as the soft, light contact of a record player's stylus, the needle, lightly resting on the groove of the vinyl record. And I, I realize I might be dating myself now or um, revealing uh, uh, sort of latent hipster tendencies in me to be listening to vinyl. And I, I've recently been getting back into vinyl, but it's a wonderfully rich aesthetic experience. But I, I do appreciate that when you place the record, the, the stylus down on the record, it's always a soft drop. And there's a slight, there's a, just a light waving, undulating movement of the record arm, or the record player's arm and stylus gliding along with the grooves of the record. Bears down too much, you'll get a really scratchy experience. If there's no contact with the record, you don't pick up any of the richness in music that you want to hear. So it's this Goldilocks zone of a light touch just gliding along with the grooves or the terrain of your moment-to-moment experience as it unfolds. So I offer those um, reflections, and I, I hope they uh, stimulate some your own in, uh, interest, they stimulate your own exploration of wise effort as you come into practice tonight. Um, but check in with the, the primary question, and, and I won't say too much about it more uh, when we go into practice, but check in with this primary idea of, is there, a, is there an in order to in your mind? Is there an agenda that says, oh, I, I'm going to do this so that by the end or in five minutes from now, 10 minutes from now, that there's some perceived thing you think you should be having and just acknowledge that. I mean, seeing that in itself, I can't underline this point either too much, seeing the expectation, the expecting mind, seeing the anticipating mind, seeing the in order to mind is enormously important. Once we see it, it becomes just part of what we're tracking and noting in our moment to moment experience. So there's nothing wrong with noticing agenda. There's nothing wrong with being aware of it. It's just that we want to be aware of it and see how so we can start to really feel how it conditions our sense of being, how it conditions a dissatisfaction, how it conditions expectation and frustration. So it's not bad to see it, but we do want to see it and be aware of it when it occurs. And then as you sort of settle back into your experience, See what unfolds. See what what uh, a willingness to just be open and fluid with what's unfolding. See how that brings about or conditions a development within your experience and an ability to see and relate to what's going on. Okay, so I will uh, pause on my verbiage there. I'll pause on my talk and we'll come to a sitting. We'll sit now and then... Um, We'll have time to check in and discuss. I'm not going to have us journal tonight just so we can have a little bit more time to uh, talk about uh, any consolidating or clarifying themes and related to the practice before um, we have a little bit of break before I see you in two weeks. So there will be a little bit longer uh, or more time for the Q&A discussion, sharing, et cetera, at the end. Um, and, And we'll just sit more or less in quietude now. So take your seat, however you wish to sit.
entering into a formal session. Taking a moment, just reminding oneself that your meditation is ultimately whatever occurs when you act upon the intention to meditate. meditation is whatever occurs when you act on the intention to meditate and the content of what comes up when we meditate can all be used in the service of greater understanding compassion and wisdom that's really the the rationale for these different approaches to meditation so that we can fill in as much as possible, our understanding of all dimensions of our existence and being. As you open to your experience, from time to time, you may find it helpful to shift into the yin mode of meditation. You can start that way. You can come back to it whenever you'd like. And the primary feature of this yin emphasis is one of relaxed, open receptivity to everything that unfolds and comes out of the now. So that includes present momentness, but also includes allowing yourself to think about something, to plan, remember. All of that content is completely allowed. And within that receptivity, you can identify a perch or two, an experience of, say, your hands resting on your palm, on your lap, or your sit bones on the cushion, or your breath, or a mantra. You can have any of these experiences serve as a perch to let your attention rest upon, or let your pet attention come to naturally. And as we, from this yin approach, as we include now yang elements or yang phases of our experience, which I'm primarily defining as phases of experience when you're awake, 
in contrast to being drifting or wandering. But in the phases that you're awake, the yang phase, you can relate to the yang phase in either a yin or yang way. A yin way would primarily be one of silent, receptive observation of present moment occurrences. Either feeling the perch or tracking all of the sense doors, tracking sounds, sensations, thoughts, sights, images, feelings. And you can track those with silent observation or you can deploy and utilize a tool of noting to softly, silently tag in real time the most obvious feature of your experience. That's the way it was shared with me in Burma, which is that you really just tag whatever is most obvious to you in that moment. And it could be the same thing over and over and over again. You can tag pressure in your foot over and over. Or it might be a, a, you know, a, a field of variable experiences, of variable ex- uh, occurrences of sound, thought, sensation, feeling, breath, sound, sound, etc. But with whatever approaches you find yourself playing with and working with tonight, please let your effort be relaxed, soft, and gentle. Just like the, the, the stylus resting on the, the grooves of the album. Allow present momentness to come to you. So let the present moment awareness dawn by itself. And once you are present, or when you notice that you are present, let the experiences in the present come to the come to you. Let them come to you and be known by themselves. You don't have to go to them. You just catch and and note or take register of what's occurring as it occurs. So with that instructional recap, I will now turn you over to your mind and body as they are in silence. Okay, thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. I hope the reflections on effort uh, 
bring this dynamic into your practice and uh, bear fruit in terms of your own cultivation and and dance with the yin and yang energies balancing around the theme of wise effort in practice. Again, this is the second to last talk of the year, or this is the, the last talk of the year, and I have one more episode coming out with my interview with um, Vanya Palmers, which I'll talk about next time. Until then, I wish you all the best. I hope that you're all safe, healthy, protected, and free from all forms of suffering. Okay, I'll see you in the next episode.